Well, good evening, Family Church, Port Liville. Hope you're all right. Hope you're all good. Had a great day. Um, incredible how the time is just flying by. It's amazing, isn't it? One of these days soon, according to the, the news reports, we're soon going to be able to... Um, when is it? Next week? Was it next week? This 17th. coming week? 17th. 17th. We're going to be able to meet up in groups of 30 outdoors, up to six indoors. And this is outside of a church setting even. So things are happening. Things are getting better. Praise God. Okay. So tonight, before we get started, let's open in prayer. Let's, let's pray. Let's, let's commit this to the Lord. Father, we just thank you, Father God, for this opportunity to, to gather together around your word. Thank you, Father God, that your word is life. Your word is life. Your word says that those who find it find healing and life to all their bodies. Your word brings life to all of our bodies, to every area of our lives. So, Father, tonight we just commit this time into your hands. We say, Lord God, help me to articulate clearly what I believe and feel that you have laid on my heart. And we just thank you for that. Thank you that your word will not return void. It will accomplish that for which you have sent it forth tonight in the name of Jesus. And everybody in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Well, it's good to be back with you guys again. And um, tonight we're going to finish off uh, the final, uh, be number four of our little mini series that we've been looking at uh, about running our race, taking our place in the race of life. And we've been looking at uh, the main scripture has been from the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 and so if you want to go there in your bibles i'll give you a minute hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 cool so reading from the new king james version it says therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses now he's talking there about all the heroes and faith described in chapter 11 remember this is just coming into chapter 12 and there's this great cloud of witnesses, these heroes of the faith. And it says that we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses who have, who have left a legacy, who have laid testimony to, to the goodness and, the, and the, the faithfulness of God. And he says, we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. And he says, seeing this is the case, he says, let us, let us, church, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God what a fantastic portion of scripture I think there is so much just in those two verses there that you could unpack for a lifetime there is just so much in those two verses so just to recap briefly very briefly where we've been coming from and where we're going to to recap over the last few weeks we've been looking at taking our place in this race as described here that that we need to run our race with endurance that there's a race set before you christian for you to run and you need to take your place in it and and how we do that best is by making sure that that we are fueled and focused correctly in the first instance knowing knowing that that we are not orphans but knowing that we are loved 
and accepted by God, adopted into his family, enables us to, to rise up and to take our place in the family of God as, as those mature sons and daughters of God who take ownership in their father's house. This is what gives us our motivation to, to do what we do. We don't have to be driven by our determination and sheer guts and determination, but our motivation is what drives us. And, and as Sandy spoke last week and the week before so well, I thought, on, on taking knowing our rights, knowing our rights as children of God, what Jesus purchased for us at Calvary, that we have these rights as heirs of God, co-heirs with Jesus, taking, knowing our rights, but then also taking the responsibility that comes with these rights. So important, such important stuff. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to them. I think they're really, really good messages. So we need to run our race. And one of the first things in running any race is how do we get started? You know, you will often hear us say the, the following sayings, that it's not how we start, but how we finish that matters. And of course, that's absolutely true. I think we all get that. It's absolutely true. But any athlete will tell you that, that getting a good start is paramount in being able to run a successful race. Athletes will spend almost as much effort learning how to get a good start as they will training and getting the endurance and the fitness. Because getting a good start is important to enable us to finish well, enable us to win the race that's set before us. So how do we get started? Well, for you vegans among us, I've got three lettuces for you tonight, right here. In chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Let us lay aside every weight. And let us lay aside the sin which so easily ensnares us. And third one, and let us run with endurance the race. Three lettuces for you. Right. We're going to start with the third one first. Let's, let, us, <laughs> let us look at running with endurance. And I think this is the one that is key to the other two. Because this is the mindset. Let us run with endurance. If we start our race with God, in our, in our walk with God, if we start out with this mindset that this is a commitment to the end, we are committed to the end. We're not, it's like the difference between dating and marriage. We are committed to the end. This isn't just, we'll give this a go and see how it works out. We are committed to the end. We are going to be running this with endurance. Jesus is not just our, our Savior, but He's our Lord as well. He is Lord. Whatever you say, Lord, that I will do. He's the Lord of my life. And so we want this mindset in us. We want to start our Christian walk with the right mindset that we are going to do this with endurance because we are going to do this until the day we die, until the day Jesus comes to take us to be home with himself, until that day. So let us have this mindset that we are going to run our race with endurance, church. Then let's look, look at the other two, the other two uh, vegetables there. Let us. Let us lay aside every weight, he says. Let us lay aside every weight. You know, in the, in the, in the natural, you know it's quite obvious that you can't run a marathon with, with, with heavy baggage on your back. In fact, athletes will strip down to their, their vest and the, and the, and the most the lightest uh, clothing and shoes, etc. that they can wear makes good sense. We can't run this race, this race that is set before us, we can't run it well carrying all our baggage from the past. It's going to keep you continually looking over your shoulder at the disappointments, 
things that discourage, the, 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 the failures, the, where, where people have let you down. Church, if you're going to run your race and finish it well, we have got to learn to drop. This is one, this is one opportunity. I'm telling you tonight, tonight you can have slopey shoulders. Get slopey shoulders down. Let it just slip off your shoulders. You don't have to even put it down. You don't have to do anything with it. Jesus has already undertaken for you. Just let it go. The disappointments, the baggage of the past, let it go. You've got to move forward. That was then. This is now. Live your life forward. You've got a great big windscreen in front of you and just a little rearview mirror to look back from time to time. Go looking through that windscreen, church. Don't be living your life, looking back, dragging that baggage with you. Let us lay it aside. And the and, and, and he says, and the um, the sin, let us lay aside the sin which so easily ensnares us. You know, it's very unlikely that any of us are, 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 are in any major sin. And if you have sinned, if you've really blown it big time, it's very unlikely you're doing that as a lifestyle. It's extremely unlikely. It's, it's not the big sin that is really the problem in our lives. It's the little sin. It's the sin that does so easily beset us. You know the saying, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Why is that? Because the, the, the mature foxes, they can stand up on their hind legs and they can reach up to those grapes and they can eat the grapes. But the little foxes are too small. And so what do they do? They gnaw around the, the base of the plant. And what happens as a result? They kill the entire plant. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little sin in our lives. It's that little bit of, 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 of gossip, of, of, of murmuring, of complaining. You know, look at your history. Look at your Bible history. Look at the children of Israel, those that came out of Egypt. The, 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 all of those first generation out of Egypt didn't enter into the promised land and their biggest problem was unbelief but the cause of that the cause of that murmuring complaining dissension murmuring against Moses against the leadership always got something to say those those are the little kind of sins that I think we all need to be wary of we need to to learn how to zip our lip how to guard our mouths Lord Teach me to put a guard to muzzle my mouth and to be quiet. So, individually and corporately, we need to run this race. It says, let us. Let, I know it's cool, he's saying, you know, let you and I, so individually. But even as even corporately, let, let us, let us do this. Let us run this race. You know, this race is, is it's a relay. We are called to pass on the baton. We are called to live our lives to the best, the full potential that we possibly can and pass that baton on. You know, there's somebody at the other side of your obedience, at the other side of your praying. I once ran a marathon. I, got, I did a marathon, uh, not a marathon, I lie, uh, a relay. It, it was the First National Bank uh, a relay. Johannesburg, we used to have, it used to be an annual event. And hundreds, if not thousands of people would, would do it every year. And it was, a, it, was a, it was good fun. So me and my team at work, um, we, entered, we entered as a team. And um, we had, there, there was different uh, lengths for, for each of the, the stages. And I think I, I had the five kilometer stage. And some were shorter, some were a little bit longer. And I think mine was the third stage in the race. So I was going to the gym in those days. I was fit. I was running up to about 10Ks a day. I only had 5Ks to run. I was good with this little 5K leg. Got there at about 7 o'clock. 
one very frosty winter's morning in Johannesburg, just wearing a little t-shirt and the number and the you know the, the, the running shoes and the and the tracksuit and what have you, standing there with hundreds of other people waiting at checkpoint three, waiting for our runners to come in and hand the baton over for us to us. Anyway, long story short, I started off there was probably hundreds of people all waiting there and all the other guys, their runners came in and they, they disappeared and the, the crowd got thinner and the crowd continued to get thinner until it got more thin, <laughs> until eventually there was a handful of us left. I kid you not, the guy that was meant to come and hand over the baton to me didn't arrive and there I was freezing in the Joburg winter morning in my vest and I had a choice. I could get in my car and go home or I could run. And so I decided to run. I thought, no, I've, I've trained. I've, I'm, I, I want to do this. It's, I've never run in any kind of relay type marathon before thing. I wanted to do it. And so I ran. And it was great fun. I'm glad I did it. But you know, those other people, they let me down. They should have been there. They never took their place in the race. I was waiting for them. At least I got to the other side and I, I could say to the next guy, listen, I don't have a baton for you. Just go, you know, if you want to. At least he knew. Uh, this was back in 19 three or something like that. We didn't have mobile phones. We couldn't phone each other and say, where on earth are you? So, uh, so I was the runner. I delivered the bad news to the next guy. But at least I ran my race. But the point is this. How you live your life matters. Christian, how you live your life does matter. Getting to the prayer group matters. Keeping your word matters. There is somebody on the other side of your obedience. This is so important. Your life matters. This race is obviously, it's a metaphorical uh, description, isn't it? It's of a journey of us becoming followers, um, becoming disciples of Jesus. You know, a disciple is, is, a, is, a, um, a disciple is, is one who's disciplined, really, at, at its core. The meaning of that word, disciple, to be a disciple of Jesus, to be disciplined by Jesus, to follow after him. And, uh, and in 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 to 27, you can just make note of this. 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 to 27 says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But one receives the prize. Only one person is going to receive the, the first prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. You, Christian, you run your race in such a way that you may obtain it. You know, this implies that we can run our race in such a way that we don't care. We lukewarm whether we win or not. doesn't matter. We say we've got our insurance ticket. It's punched. No, run your race in such a way that you may win the prize. He says in verse 25, And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. And he says, Now they do to do it. To obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Ours is an eternal inheritance that we are going to enter into and receive. I want to be like Jesus. When I, when I go home to be, I want to hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. That is the prize for me. And he says that everyone who competes in earthly competition is temperate. In all things. That good old-fashioned word temperate. I love it. It means well-balanced. It means to have self-restraint. You know we've got the Olympics coming up later in the year in, in Japan, haven't we? You can be sure that the guys that are going to come in the top positions in all those events, they will be 
well balanced. They will have a good level of, of, of temperance. They will be self-restrained. They, they, they won't go out parting until late at night. They will be careful of what they eat and what they drink. Um, they will get their exercise. They will have very strict regime. They will live a very well-balanced, temperate life. How much more should we live a well-balanced life? Let's not be up late at night getting drunk like the rest of the world, but let's be people of the day, people of the light. Come on, church. This is what we're called to do. He says in verse 26, Therefore I run thus. I love this. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. You know, he says, I run thus, not with uncertainty. So in other words, he runs with he runs with, with certainty. He runs intentionally. In fact, the New Living says that I run with purpose in every step. What's he saying? I run this race. I'm, I'm living my life purposefully. I'm not living my life with uncertainty. I'll do this today, tomorrow, I don't feel like it. No, I'm running it purposefully. I'm intentional about this life that the Lord has given me to lead. And I'm doing it on purpose, with a purpose. And he says in verse 27, but I discipline my body. This is so key. But I discipline my body, myself, and bring it into subjection. Lest when I preach to others, I myself should be disqualified. What do they always say? Practice what you preach, preacher. And not just preacher, but each and every one of us. We need to practice what we preach. Jesus said a number of times in John 14, John 15, he says a number of times, if you love me, you will what? You'll keep my word. In other words, you will, you will practice what I preach. You will live in my word. You will do my word. He says, he says not as a commandment even. He says, but this is what you're going to do as, your own, as an act of your own free will. If you love me, you're going to listen to me. If you love me, you're going to do what I, what I say. You will do it of your own free will. If we love him, we will practice what we preach. James says, be, be doers and not hearers only of the word. He says, because if you are a hearer only, you deceive yourself. You will deceive yourself into thinking that you're doing it, but you're not doing it until you're doing it. And that's just the truth. You know, we have a responsibility. Sandy spoke about our responsibilities last week. And we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to hear to hear. Jesus said, take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear. You need to position yourself. It's a discipline. You need to position yourself to hear the word of God. Take time to sit in his presence with your Bible. Take time to, to listen to podcasts, to listen to Pastor Andy on the Sunday morning, to, to position yourself to hear the word of God. And then do, then do what you've heard. This, this Christian is how we learn. This is how we grow. You know, without this growth, without this, this knowledge and discipline, fighting is futile. Fighting is like, like he says, thus uh, I fight, not as one who beats the air. Without knowledge and discipline, fighting with, is like beating the air. It's like trying to push back the wind with your hands. It's crazy. It's crazy. You wouldn't try to push back the wind with your hands, would you? But yet, and yet, Christians come to church week in, week out, undisciplined in the Word of God, never doing what it says, never learning, never growing. 
oh, I've been a Christian for 40 years. Yeah, but you've done the same year 40 times. You've just gone around and around and around that same mountain. And you can tell me everything about that mountain, but you've never moved on. It's time to move on, to hear the word and to do it. We can't, we can't be reducing the scripture, the authority of the scripture to our experience. We can't be reducing the authority of the scripture to our experience, church. The word of God, the Bible says that God has set his word above his name. God's word is above his name. Church, it's so important that we honor God by honoring him through his word. If you love me, you will keep my word. John 8, 31 and 32. Make a note of these and have a look at it later. Jesus speaking. John 8, 31, 32. Jesus speaking and he says to the Jews who believed him. If, so this is conditional. This is conditional. If, if. You abide in my word. You are my disciples indeed. Right there, Jesus is, there's a distinction being drawn already between believers and disciples. These were believers he was talking to. He says, but if you want to be a disciple, condition, you've got to abide in my word. To abide in his word means, well, to live in it. To, to, to absorb it and to do it. To be a hearer and a doer. And he says, and then... Then you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It is only in the doing of God's word that we get to know it. Everything before then is head knowledge. It is mental assent. Faith isn't faith until it's tested. We think we're doing good until the test comes. We have got to be doers of the word. But it's in the doing of his word that we understand, oh, this is what it means to forgive my enemy. This is what it means. This is what it feels like. I'm actually forgiving this person. And you could name them. And you could name this. I'm forgiving. And you release them. You're doing this word. You, 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 now you know the truth of, of what it is to forgive. And the release that it brings your soul. Now you know it. And the truth shall make you free. The truth you know shall make you free. There's lots of truth out there that we don't know. Doesn't help us one iota. It is only the truth you know that can make you free. And it doesn't set you free. It makes you free. It's progressive. It will make you free. There is no such thing as a silver bullet, as a quick fix in your Christian life. It is, it is sowing and reaping. Sorry, sowing and reaping. Do the word of God. It works. It will produce a good harvest for you. So, you... As sons and daughters of God, remember this, you know, children, y y young boys, you, I, I love watching how they imitate their fathers. Sons imitating their fathers. It's what they call observed behavior. Observed behavior. As disciples of Jesus, come on, it's obvious. We need to listen to him. We need to observe and to imitate our heavenly father. Why? Why do we forgive our enemies? Go and have a look at Matthew 5. I think it's verse 32. Matthew 5. Jesus says, forgive your enemies. And he carries on. He says, that you may be like your heavenly father. Why do I forgive my enemies? Because it brings release to my soul. Yes. But more importantly, that I might be like my heavenly father. I want to be like God. You see, if I can become like him, if I can imitate him, if I can imitate him and behave like him, 
I will be changed and my Christian walk is going to become so much easier. I won't have to try and battle to control my temper or battle to control anything else. No, no, just become like him. Become like your heavenly father. You know, walk. we need to walk as close as we can to God. Come on, why wouldn't you want to? Why wouldn't we want to walk as close as we can to God? Imitate him. Psalm 91, verses 1. What a beautiful psalm. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We want to dwell in that secret place of God. How do we do that? Behave like him. Be an imitator of God as dear children. Walk like him. You know, keep short accounts. Stay close to God and keep short accounts. You know, when you sin, just, just lay it aside. Lay aside the sin that so easily besets you. 1 John 1 9, Father, I've sinned. Please forgive me. The Bible says, 1 John 1 9, He is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Just drop it and move on. And the moment He forgives you, you lay aside the weight of it as well. You forgive yourself too. In order to accomplish God's plans and purposes for your life, the sooner you learn this, the better. You've got to learn to forgive yourself, to repent quickly, and also to forgive yourself quickly. And just get back up and get on again. Just keep going forward. Jesus has dealt with your sin. Just keep going forward. Just trust him. Imitate him. Imitate him as the sons imitate their fathers. Imitate your heavenly father. You know, to follow Jesus as his mature sons and daughters does require effort and endurance. We saw there at the beginning, it said, you know, that we need to endure. Let us endure. We need to endure. So 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 to 6. And I'll read it to you. 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 to 6. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Again, it's just so much packed into these into these few verses. Yeah, we could we could we could spend weeks and months in these. I'm quite sure. Just so much packed in here. When you chose to follow Jesus, you made the best decision, the best choice of your life. The best choice of your eternal life. You will have eternity in His presence. You made the best decision of your life. But, unbeknown to you and I, you also volunteered to become a recruit into the army of God. Jesus is the captain of your salvation. And the day that you and I got off the fence, that we got out of Switzerland, out of no man's land, we, unbeknown to us, landed ourselves in the midst of a war that has been raging for centuries that we knew nothing about. We, we, we dropped right into that war. And war represents hardship. War represents uh, wounding, that, that we take wounds, we get the... You know, you see in the, on the movies, incoming, and they're hardly getting blown up. War, it means hardship, it means wounds. I love watching the, the rugby internationals. It's a bit like war in a way, but not so dramatic, right? But I enjoy watching the rugby internationals. And you see these guys, they come, onto the, they come to play the game. And they come there and they're all bandaged up and they've got stitches on their heads and black eyes and broken noses. And that's before they start the game. 
<laughs> that's, that's just from the training sessions. Now they're going to go on. You see, they're all bandaged up, but they are going to go out and they're going to play hurt. And we, church, have got to learn to play hurt. We are in a war. We're in a war. We will be, get attract some attention that we would rather not have. But, but remember, that, 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 that fight is not with your pastor. It's not with your mother-in-law. It's not your neighbor. <laughs> we fight not against flesh and blood, the Apostle Paul says. And in first Corinthians, first Timothy rather, first Timothy six, verse twelve, he says, Paul says, fight the good, fight of faith. He says, lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. Jesus has paid the price for you. Now lay hold on that eternal life. Don't let go on it. Don't turn back. Don't turn back. You are gonna to have to learn to run with endurance. It's going to require it's going to require discipline that temperance that that well balanced life it's going to require faith church it's going to require faith um you know by hearing and doing the word of god to to believe god's word over and above your circumstances the the uh, david the psalmist said and in Psalm 27 verse 13 he says i would have lost heart unless i had believed Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But you're going to have to go through some fiery trials. I'm sorry. Jesus said so. He said, in this world, you'll have, you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. It's going to take faith. It's going to take tenacity. And you're going to have to believe God even when you can't see your hand in front of your face because the mist has come down. But that's okay. He'll see you through. But you are going to lay hold on eternal life. You are not going to turn back. You are not going to let go because somebody let you down, because somebody disappointed you. You do not fight against flesh and blood. You don't fight against flesh and blood, but you do fight the good fight of faith. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. So war represents hardships and wounds. And just being in the army represents, but, uh, represents being trained. Disciples, we are to be trained. It's been, it's been, to be in the army means to be part of a, of a disciplined, uh, orderly fighting unit. There's no lone, ra no lone rangers. No lone rangers. We are part of a unit. And you know, the thing is this, we are only as strong as the weakest link. You know the saying, we're only as strong as the weakest link. When I ran my relay back then, that F&B relay back in Joburg, I had to bear the shame of the people that didn't pitch up that morning to run their race. I was running at the back with all the fat guys, the ones that hadn't trained, sorry. I think I'm fat now, okay? But I wasn't then. I was trained. I was fit. I was running 10Ks a day. I had to bear the shame of running at the back of the pack with, with the guys that could barely make it. They were smoking 50 a day. Do you know what I mean? And people recognized me as I ran past on the road. And they said, oh, Chris, oh, come on, Chris, you can make it. I was like, of course I can make it. I'm doing 10Ks. I was offended. I, I could do it, but I had to bear the shame of others that, that didn't play their part. You know what? There is somebody on the other side of your obedience and how you, you live your life matters. It really matters. We are only as strong as the weakest link. So remember that we as Christians, we represent Christ. We represent our King. He, he ran his race well. He finished 
the race that was set before him. My word, did he finish that race. He has received that crown. He is now the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. All glory and honor and praise to his name, right? So let's make sure we keep it that way. Let's, 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 it's, it's fine to, to, to bear the insults for Christ, to bear the reproach of Christ for his name. It's fine, but let's make sure that we're not the cause of it. Let's make sure that we are not behaving in such a way that it brings shame to the name of Jesus because he doesn't deserve it. He ran his race well and he's given everything to save us. He's the one who enlisted us. We need to live our lives like that. The soldier, he said that, he, that we live to please him who enlisted him as a soldier. We need to live to please him who enlisted us, who accepted us, who accepted us as one of his own. Let's live to bring honor to his name. Play hurt. Learn to play, to continue the game, even when it hurts. Don't withdraw. I don't care if somebody let you down. I'm sorry if they did. It's, it's, it's a hurts. It's nothing, nothing hurts more when a brother or sister in the Lord turns their back on you or betrays you or hurts you. You don't expect it from the church. But come on. We are all people. Even Paul and even Paul and, and, and Barnabas had a fallout at one stage in the book of Acts. You can read it. And he said they had such a sharp, soft, sharp exchange that they went their separate ways. And they're never recorded as, as walking together again after that. The good news is, though, uh, that they were reconciled. We, we do see because the fight was over Mark, who had left them on their first missionary journey. Paul said, you know, this guy hasn't got the staying power. I don't want him with us. Barnabas did. Long story short, they, they went through separate ways. But at, at the very end, you see Paul writing and he says, send, send Mark to me. He's useful to me. He was reconciled with Mark. He was reconciled with Barnabas. Uh, we, we, we don't, we don't, um, we don't, have, we can fall out. We, and it hurts like anything. But just leave the door open. Just, just leave the door open. Forgive, walk in love. And you know what? It'll, it'll come right. But, but don't, don't walk away. Don't, don't pull back just because you've been hurt. It happens. Sorry to say, but it just happens. You know, in man's army, you're just a number. Seven nine triple three nine six nine BG Bachat. Seven nine triple three nine six nine. That was my number. Private C. Hoskins reporting for duty. I had to go to the army for two years. And in man's army, you're nothing but a number. But in God's army, you are a son and a daughter of the king. You are fueled, come on, you are fueled and motivated by the knowledge of his love for you. you, you what you do is because, is because you're a son in the house, you're a, you're a mature daughter in the house, and you take ownership for your father's house. You want your father's house to be in order, and that's why we do what we do, because we are who we are. So fight the good fight of faith. Fight for your rights that Jesus bought for you at Calvary. Fight for those rights that you have peace for your mind, healing for your body. Take your responsibility seriously, imitating him as those dearly beloved children of God. You're not going able in God, church. You're not going able. <laughs> you're in the army and you're not going able. There is no spiritual furlough. Okay, you bet you're going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm just going to close with this now. The Apostle Paul, he suffered, you can read throughout uh, his letters in the New Testament, he suffered incredible stuff that he went through, being stoned, thrown into dungeons. And in 2 Timothy 1, 
verse 15, 2 Timothy 1, 15, he says, he says, this you know, that all those in Asia have turned away from me. And he names a couple of people. All those in Asia have turned away from me. Paul laid down his life to, to, to plant those churches in Ephesus and Philippi and Asia. He was, he was beaten he, by, by mobs. He, 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 was, he was stripped naked and, 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 and beaten with rods and he was beaten up, thrown in dungeons, stoned. I mean, the stuff he went through. And at the end of it all, they all turned away from him. They betrayed him. But you read this, this, this letter, Timothy, uh, Paul's final letter, before he, he goes for his final trial in Rome and is executed. This is his final letter to Timothy. And there is not a slightest note of, of, of bitterness there, there, there is no acrimony. There's no. There, he, all he's doing, he's just, he's just speaking to this young, this, this young protege Timothy, and he's just saying, Timothy, my son, this is what you do. You fight the good fight of faith, my son. You keep going, and he is just encouraging and building others. He is playing hurt until the very end. He's enduring to the end. And listen, chapter four, verse seven. He says, "I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith." I have kept the faith. Come on, church. Don't you want this to be your testimony? He says, finally, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I love that. Do you know what? Even at the very end, his heart was still not just towards himself, that there's, there's this crown of life for me. No, not just for me, but for all, for all of you who have loved his appearing. He's kept attention to his plans and purposes for your life. I've just had some little messages coming up saying YouTube's unable to connect. So let's hope this has gone through and you have a blessed week. You have a blessed journey with your God, with your God in the name of Jesus. Bless you. Thanks. It's been an honor to talk to you. God bless, guys.